Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, and you are listening to our program, Kings and Priests, where we teach repentance to the twelve tribes scattered abroad. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, and you are listening to our program, Kings and Priests, where we teach repentance to the twelve tribes scattered abroad. In these last days, darkness has covered the earth, and gross darkness covers the people. But for those who choose to hear the words of the Father and the instructions of Jesus Christ, He will give them the power to become the nation of kings and priests they were ordained to be from the foundations of the earth. Peter Cottontail. These are things that children learn in schools and churches about Easter. But is it biblical? Is this the biblical Easter that the Bible is talking about? Bunnies, eggs, rabbits. Um, does this have anything to do with our Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ. This is what we want to find out today. I'm your brother, Gadai One, and we're going to be talking about Easter and the true Easter. What is this Easter all about? Is Easter something that biblical, or is something that is man-made, uh, made up by man to go and appease the people? So, welcome to another edition of Kings and Priests. I'm your brother, Gadai One, here in London, in the UK, and also, we have joining us, well, for him, it's, it's the morning in the U.K. It's, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We haven't gone or switched over to the daylight saving time. But uh, we got the brother, Abaja, who does a show on Friday nights. Repentance is the key. Brother Abaja, say a few words. Here comes Peter Cottontail. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you all now, all of you. 
Uh, let's shalom to the people in the chat room. Oh, man. Uh, it's good to be on another show to seek edification and out of the scriptures through the repentance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I know that was a heck of an intro, but I, I had to get that one in there. <laughs> well, come on, man. Don't tell me during Easter you wasn't looking forward to that, that Easter candy. Come on. Man, every year, Easter egg hunts, dying Easter eggs, bunny rabbits, Easter baskets, um, the Easter suit, um, the once, the one in three times of the year that people would come to church outside of Mother's Day and maybe uh, either Thanksgiving or Christmas. Um, you know, it's, it's a worldly tradition, you know, especially for the kids, man. You got these little chicks, little, the, Sugar-coated marshmallow chicks and uh, chocolate bunnies and Easter baskets with all kind of stuff in them, you know. So I mean, that, that goes right along with the scripture where the scripture speaks about a gift destroyeth the heart. So in the minds of many children, they're led astray by their they little lust that they have. They want some candy, you know. They're not the truth. What the truth? What the truth got to do with this candy right here? So many children. Many children were led astray by, you know, little simple songs like Peter Cottontail. I remember that in school. Uh, remember, they they had a cartoon, remember? Cause that, uh-huh. that song yeah. is from a cartoon that they had, showing the Easter bunny, the Easter rabbit, and all that, putting these different, indoctrinating the children into Easter. But you see, in that song, where it mentioned Christ? Mm, nowhere. <laughs> not, not once. Was there a reference to it? Oh, no. No, not at all. So when they're speaking of Easter, you have to look and see how cunningly this this day has been devised and put into the minds of the people. Now, I've got a clip I want to play with someone explaining the background of Easter, and we'll go into it. Rather than us explaining it, have someone else explain it. We're going to bring Our strong suit is the scriptures. But let's listen to this person. They're going to break down um, some of the history of Easter and where it comes from. We're going to talk about the origin of Easter today. I'm going to start with the month of April. April comes from the Roman month, Aprilis, um, named after the Roman goddess Venus, with sex and fertility. It's also named after the Greek goddess Aphrodite. Uh, Germans call the month of April Easter, not after the holiday, but after their goddess for sex, fertility, and rebirth, Easter. Thus, April is Easter's month in German. Easter or April is the the start of spring and rebirth. April showers bring May flowers. Many people believe, though it has been disputed, that the origin for the word Easter comes from the ancient Babylonian goddess Ishtar. The ancient Babylonians used to used to worship this goddess during the rebirth of spring, this time of year. Though the tradition of celebrating the rebirth has been around for thousands of years, it wasn't until the 8th century that we began to see the word Easter appear, our common word for the time now. The tradition of painting eggs has been around as long as the idea of celebrating the rebirth of spring has been. Started with the ancient Romans and Persians painting eggs during their celebration. 
And of course, since we're talking about Easter, we're going to talk about one of the most popular symbols of Easter, the rabbit. The rabbit and the celebration with the rebirth of spring seems to be a perfect correlation, considering the rabbit is known for its promiscuity and its fertility. Uh, in, in the English language, we have many phrases to support this, such as multiply like rabbit, have sex like rabbit. We also have in our culture today the Playboy Bunny and terms like Sea Bunny, Cuddle Bunny, and Sex Bunny. And we come to another symbol of Easter, as well as another fertility symbol, the egg. The egg is believed to be by Christians the representation of the tomb and resurrection of Christ stemming from the egg's hard shell and the chick bursting forth from it representing the resurrection. There's an old tale, an old Christian tale, about how an emperor said the resurrection of Christ was as likely as a red egg. After Christ struck resurrected, Mary Magdalene carried to the emperor a red egg. That is one theory of how Easter eggs became associated with the holiday. In England, Serbia, Croatia, and Bulgaria, they celebrate Easter with a game called Easter or Egg Jarping or Egg Dumping. Uh, children play this game. They all have a hard-boiled egg. And the, the object of the game is to break your opponent's egg without breaking your own. The losers get to eat their eggs, and the winner is the one with the last egg standing or uncracked. Um, that would be the origin of Easter. So, uh, a lot of stuff in there. I never knew that they that they had a month called the Germans had it. They called April Easter. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But you see how it all goes into fertility, into fertility gods, and our first scripture should be. What do you think our first scripture should be, Abaja? <laughs> thou shalt have no other gods before thee. It's, it's simple. You thought about it like, what was Gadawan thinking? And he's like, the hell with Gadawan thinking. This is what the scriptures, I can hear it in your voice. Like, where's this brother going? Well, this is where I'm going. It, let's get it. Let's read it in Exodus, Exodus 20. It's simple. Oh. Thou shalt have no other gods before thee. Because when you going into Easter... It is the worship of other gods. It's not the worship of the Most High, the God of the Bible. It doesn't have anything to do with Jesus Christ. They just took it and they put Christ's name on it and say Easter is about Christ. No, it's not. That's a lie. Mm-mm-mm. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Here we go to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. And... Wow, it happens to be the very first commandment. Let me start at 21. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That, that's boring. See, that's why you got to put Easter eggs in. That's why they had to amalgamate these different pagan traditions into the church to make it interesting for people. It's not entertaining. You're not going to get no sex out of out of that. But an Easter bash, you know, bunny rabbit, 
You know, that's why they have the Playboy bunny. Why the bunny? It's a symbol of fertility. It's a symbol of sex. It's an erotic symbol. So, but when you look in the dictionary, what's the first definition that comes up for Easter? Is it what we just heard? That Easter is is a, a, a spring fertility goddess? Is that the first definition? What do you think the first definition of Easter, when you read it, comes up with what? What do you think it comes up with? Probably Passover. Okay, let's see. Easter. This is from Dictionary. Uh, .com. It says, Easter, an annual Christian festival in commemoration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, observed on the first Sunday after the first full moon after the vernal equinox, as the Easter season, the week following Easter. So, that is the first definition of Easter. Now, the origin of the word, it says, before 900... Middle English, Esther, Old English, Estre, um, cognate with German, Orsten, or original name of a goddess and her and her festival. <laughs> Isn't that just what we heard in the explanation? Yep. So that's the original. How now? This get mixed up with with the church. So here's another de- uh, definition of. Um, Easter, same dictionary.com, word or origin in history. Easter, calculated according to the tables best in Western churches on the Gregorian calendar and the Orthodox churches on the Julian calendar, also called Easter Sunday, the day on which the festival is celebrated. Old English, Estre, Northumbrian, Austria, a goddess of fertility and sunrise, whose feast was celebrated at the spring equinox to shine, to shine especially of the dawn. Bede says Anglo-Saxon Christians adopted her name and many of the celebratory practices for their mass of Christ's resurrection. Ultimately related to East, almost all neighboring languages use a variant of Latin Pascha to name this holiday. So it's telling you, this is this, I didn't make this up. Oh, this is the origin of this. That's why they have what sunrise worship, saying, mm-hmm. "Well, Christ rose on the sunrise." No, he was already gone when they came. He didn't rose when it was a sunrise. He was already gone. So exactly. they're fitting it in to worship this goddess of fertility and the sun. So here's the here's the cultural definition of Easter. It says, Easter definition, an important religious festival among Christians. It commemorates the resurrection of Jesus after his crucifixion. Easter is celebrated on a Sunday in spring. And the season of Easter, a time of rejoicing, continues for several weeks. The penal season of Lent is a time of preparation for Easter. Now I'm going to stop, and I've got another clip. Because we did a whole show on Lent and Mardi Gras and how that was wicked as hell how that was going into the worship of Bacchus, uh, another fertility god. Oh, my memory. Yeah. So I'm going to play this about Lent and, and Tammuz. So let's listen to this. Tammuz is present in the Bible as Israel turns away from God and starts weeping for Tammuz. This weeping was an ancient tradition 
based on the fact that Tamuz was cut down in his prime and died while hunting at the age of 40. Pagan tradition maintains Semiramis and Tamuz came back to life for six months starting in the spring and there begins the spring letter. Forty days of Lent is simply derived from the number of days the ancient people mourned for Tamuz one day for each year of his life. So that's where they get lit from. And when you when you read in Ezekiel eight and fourteen it says, Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north, and behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. So these are real god and goddesses that people went astray worshiping in ancient times. So that's where they get Lent. You don't read about Lent in the scriptures where it says, okay, you're supposed to give up something for Lent. This is all going into the worship of other gods. Verse 15 said, Then he said unto me, Have thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abomination than these. So this wasn't a good thing that was happening. This was an abomination. This was a worship of other gods that the Holy, the Heavenly Father detests. Verse 16, it says, He brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men, with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east, and they worshiped the sun towards the east. That's why you have Easter fall on a Sunday. They established on that day on purpose. Yep. It's not a, it's not a pur- it's not a mistake. And we're gonna we're gonna go into that. But I wanna continue reading these different definitions that they have for Easter. So one was the the top definition that they want everyone to think about in their minds that Easter is about Christ. But when you start to look under the carpet, you begin to find what the truth is, the dirt that they want to hide. They don't want you to tell you about this because then what many people aren't going to go to their churches and be indoctrinated into Satanism because that's what's really happening when you're celebrating an Easter celebration is Satanism. It doesn't have anything to do with Christ. Christ taught repentance. He didn't tell you to go around and tell your children to um, have an Easter egg hunt. He told us to repent of our sins, but that ain't going to make your Easter gay, is it? <laughs> you know, I'm going to be very happy about, man, I, you know, I got to clean myself up. I got to stop lying. You know, I got to stop uh, mistreating my wife or mistreating my husband. You know, I'm going to have to teach my children. Who going to teach you little suckers? Man, just put them in front of the TV and watch, let them watch Peter Cottontail and that will, you know, give them instruction. No, you're supposed to teach your children. Spend time with your children. Many people don't want to do it. Easter, it says, Eastern Bible Dictionary. Easter definition, originally a Saxon word. Austria, denoting a goddess of the Saxons in honor of whom sacrifices were offered about the time of Passover. Hmm. Interesting, right? Yeah. If the name came to be given to the festival of the resurrection of Christ. Did you hear that? Wow. Took Easter and gave it 
for the name, for the festival of the resurrection of Christ. So they brought all these different practices and rituals that they would do on the worship of the gods of Easter into the resurrection of Christ. But it doesn't have anything to do with Christ. Which occurred at the time of the Passover. Because, interesting enough, this is when Christ died, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Christ died on the Passover. And it would make sense for him to die on the Passover because he was the Lamb of God that was sacrificed for the sins of Israel. Right or wrong? Mm -hmm. In the early English versions, this word was frequently used as a translation of the Greek Pascha, the Passover. When the authorized version, 1611, was formed, the word Passover was used in all passages in which this word Passover occurred, except in Acts 12 and 4. In the revised version, the proper word Passover is always used. So it's only mentioned one time, Easter is only mentioned one time as a literal, uh, as a transliteration, which means what they did because this was the feast that they kept. Instead of putting Passover in, they put in Easter. And it's not something that's dubious or evil or wicked. They've done this many times in the scriptures. For example, instead of putting the biblical name Cush, they would put Ethiopia because that's what mm -hmm. it was named at the time. But if you look in the Hebrew, you would see that it would say Cush or Kawash or Cush. That was the name instead of Ethiopia, but Ethiopia is Cush. <laughs> so, right. so it is the Passover that we're supposed to be keeping. And just to point that out, after reading all of that, let's go yeah. to 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. Yeah, because a lot of people they have a they have a big hang-up on that, not understanding why it says continuing after Easter to let him go. Yeah, but that's actually in the uh, in the gospels or whatever. But um, I think yeah, I I, I got that. I'll, I'll go back to that next twelve years. I think Penny okay. put it in the. Just read the Corinthians five and seven, and we'll go back and um, explain right. that. Just brought that point out. But I want to show everyone. Excuse me, I got a cold. Everyone that um is Passover that we're supposed to be keeping and. Christ is synonymous or the, on the same wavelength as Passover because Christ was the Passover lamb. He was that sacrificial lamb that was sacrificed for the Israelites. Read on. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Our Easter is sacrificed our, for us? Our Passover is sacrificed for us. Right. So Christ is our Passover. So that's what we're supposed to observe, the Passover. Now, one of the Passover rituals was that what? You had to eat unleavened bread for seven days. But what Paul is explaining is that what? We have to purge out the old leaven. That's in us, which was that wickedness, that malice and wickedness. That's what we have to get out of us instead of getting, instead of uh, following the Levitical uh, precepts as far as getting the leaven out of your house. And I know many Israelites are still doing that today. It's yep. something that we used to do when we didn't understand that what? If Christ is my Passover, why am I trying to get old breadcrumbs 
out of my house when, you know, he's instructing me to get the malice and wickedness out of me. Why? Hey, can I read this thing? Sure. This is, I'm, I'm going to read seven, verses 7 and 8 together. Go ahead. It says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Verse 8. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, what even feast? with the leaven. What feast is it talking about? The Passover. Let's keep the feast. Easter? <laughs> it says Easter? Passover in the previous verse. Okay. So here we go. Verse 8. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now, how plain is that? That's plain. And also, Passover was called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So mm-hmm. what is the, what leaven are we supposed to be getting out now is what? That malice and wickedness. So the Passover is very relevant. So why do they have Easter in people's minds today? It's a deception. It's a satanic deception. Now, what I want us to to look at is when did Christ die? When did they say he died? When do they say? Oh, on, on, they said he died on Good Friday. Okay, Good Friday. Coincidence? Quinky dink? I think not. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the definition for Friday. It says. Friday. This is also dictionary.com. I'm not, you know, pulling this out of the nether regions of my behind. You know, this is actual fact. You can look it up for yourself. Friday. It says the sixth day of the week following Thursday. Origin. Before 1000, Middle Middle English, Old English, Freak Day or Friar's Day. So, let's look up. Friar. Who is Friar? Hmm. Is that Friar Friar Pan or who is this Friar? So let's Friar look up. Robin Hood. Who yeah, <laughs> who is this? Who is this Friar? Friar. Scandinavian mythology, the goddess of love and fertility. So once again, we're back to fertility. It's back to those fertility rites. All of going all the way back to those different goddesses of fertility. That's what Easter was, right? Mm-hmm. So think it's a mistake they put it on Friday? No, no, not at all. And so when did when did they say that Christ rose? <laughs> on Easter Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> so I mean that's that's self explainer Sunday, day of the sun diasolus. So mm-hmm. my question is from Friday to Sunday morning, Friday, Friday evening, because that's when they say Christ is supposed to die, Friday evening, right? Mm-hmm. To Sunday morning, can you get three days and three nights? Yes or no? No, mathematically impossible. So if you're going to church, you got some questions to ask your pastor, don't you? Uh-huh. But let's read this, brothers. Let's get get Matthew twelve and forty. Yeah, 
And, I, and also, tonight, when I, I put the uh, scripture up in the chat room from the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, verses 5 and 6, showing that the Passover and Feast of Unleavened Bread were, uh, they coincided, you know, if, if that refers to one, you know, one and the same. Right, absolutely. Uh, uh, actually, the Feast of Unleavened Bread was actually a part of Passover. So, um, to the book of Matthew. Mm-hmm. Matthew's 12 and 40. All right. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40. It says, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so mm-hmm. shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Three days and three nights. So I've, I've read some, some people's explanations. Well, maybe it was because, you know, three days and three nights, the time was different then and so okay you want to say that okay because yeah. if, if you go friday saturday sunday that's three now. isn't it hold on now like like the dog the, I'm, I'm about, i was about to say like the damn sun just started changing the way it rose and set over the years <laughs> hey but oh, they've changed no, times and laws the daylight saving times oh, that's yeah. what people try to rationalize it's three it's three days right so friday saturday sunday. that's three right Oh, you can't deny but let's let's look at John eleven and nine. So okay, if there was difference in times, then then there must be an explanation of how the time was running then. So mm. let's see, there there is. Mm. Okay, here we go. Book of Saint John, chapter eleven, verse nine. Mm-hmm. And it says, "Let me show. Okay, hold on. I mean, I'm in Luke. <laughs> hold on a second. Uh-huh. Here we go, John, chapter 11, verse 9. And it reads, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of, the, of this world. So, if there's twelve hours in the day, how many hours are there in the night? An additional twelve. Right, so during that time, there was twelve hours a day, 12 hours of night. So from Friday evening to Sunday morning, can you get 24 hours, three cycles of 24 hours? No. So once again, church-going folks have been lied to. But you know what? People swallow that hook, line, and sinker. They won't do any investigation of their own because it's going to upset the apple cart. Mm-hmm. It's going to upset their Easter Sunday, their Easter fest, uh, festivities. You know, some people they you know they didn't picked out their Easter dress, they look their best, their Easter suit. They already know where they're going for their outing on that Easter. Like you said, there's many times you know the only time when sometimes families get together is on the Easter Sunday Easter dinner. Mm-hmm. But that's not. It doesn't have anything to do with Christ. And I can remember, you know, a story I'm speaking to just years and years ago, over 10 years ago. I was speaking to my um, sister-in-law, and we're talking about Christ. We're talking about the Bible. She's supposed to be in the Bible. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you're in the Bible? We're going to see, you know. So we're talking about Easter 
So I'm just going, hitting on all the scriptures, bam, bam, point after point, same points we're doing on this show, bam, bam, bam. And I was like, it says this, it says that, it this, and it's like, her conclusion was this. This was her conclusion, and it was a true conclusion. Is that, well, I guess I'm not serving the Jesus of the Bible. That was her conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fine with her. It wasn't like, oh, my God, I need to change or repent. You know, I need to find some more information about this. It was like, well, I guess I'm not serving the Jesus of the Bible. And it's true. People are serving another Jesus. They're not serving the Jesus Christ that the Scriptures is talking about. They're serving uh, Satan by proxy. And what I mean is Satan has transformed himself into a counterfeit Jesus, a more festive, uh, more festive, outgoing, showy, flamboyant, and Christ was never like that. He he made himself of no reputation. Christ taught repentance was mean you had to look in the mirror. And do people want to do that? Let's look at um, Isaiah 30, one of my favorite scriptures. Don't want to look at yourself and say, I've got doo-doo on my face, and it stinks. I mean, how can you miss it? <laughs> but many people, that's why we look at people like, you looking at us like we're crazy. We're trying to tell you, you you got doo-doo on your face. No, I don't. How could you say something like that? <laughs> you're like, like, don't you see that? <laughs> it stinks. I'm going to give you some soap and water to clean. No, I don't want that soap and water. You keep that soap and water. What's it going to do for me? You know, people are crazy like that. But most people have been deceived from a very young age. But you can turn it around if you're really seeking to serve the Lord and seeking to do what's right according to the Scriptures. So read that, bro. Okay. Isaiah chapter 30, and uh, which verse do you want to read again? No. Okay, Isaiah 30 and 9, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the God, excuse me, the law of the Lord. Right, so this is, this is the nature of the church. Mm-hmm. This is the nature of, remember, the Israelites had the laws, they were taught the laws every Sunday. This is why Christ had to have mercy on us. Because from a from a young age when you taught the laws that you wasn't supposed to keep Easter, you wasn't supposed to have any other gods before you and what those gods were in the world. No, we were indoctrinated and ingrained in those things. Because if they would have told you you wouldn't be celebrating Easter because Easter is another God, isn't it? Exactly. And I know a, a lot of people isn't going to a lot of people aren't going to listen to this show. And the way I've titled it, because they don't want it to mess with their Easter. And it just shows the rebellion that we have against the Heavenly Father and his anointed Christ, because we don't want to hear what Christ has to say. We want to have a good time. That's what human beings want to do. They want to have a good time. They don't want to be told that what they're doing is wrong. That's why Eve looked at Apple. You ain't doing nothing wrong. You just have a girl. You're going to like this. Go ahead, read it says, this is 39, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Here come Peter Cottontail. <laughs> Up and down the bunny trail. Going to make you eat no, you, gotta, you gotta sing it right out. Okay. You gotta hear them, Peter Cottontail. <laughs> 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 Hippity hoppity Easter's on his way. So it's all paganism. And most people I mean, I didn't I didn't hear that word until I came to the truth. Pagan. What the hell is a pagan? What? What's that? But most people are learning because television, the internet, you know, people I've spoken to they say, yeah, I know Christmas is pagan, but what about um, Easter? Easter is just as pagan as if not Christmas. More. Yeah, yeah, if not more. Well, we did shows on on Easter and Lent on darkness to light, and you had the brother Akrai and Kadar and myself. Kadar, mm-hmm. he's a confessed Mardi Gras Ex Mardi Gras goer, so he was bringing out the things about Mardi Gras, but you know he's also a man of the Lord, and he was showing how all of these things are tied in together. They're all linked together mm-hmm. from Christmas to Lent to Easter. They're all linked together to the worship of these other gods. But we so gotta take a, yeah. We forgot to throw a carnival in there too, because you had the carnival season and all the things that go on with that as well. Some of those being tied into that whole thing of Lent and Mardi Gras and others going into, you know, again, just going to uh, dealing with the other gods of, you know, of Bacchus and, you know, revelry and lasciviousness and things of that nature. Yeah. Can't forget carnival. No, no, definitely not. So people have been out there shaking their booties and doing only the most high knows what and only the most high, you know, we don't even, we're not even going to, discuss the the base things that people have been doing, but people want to be lied to. That's what Isaiah 30 is saying. People want to be lied to. They don't want to be told the truth or the right things. The right things is the word of the Lord. It said they will not hear the word, hear the law of the Lord. Prophesy not unto us right things. So what would the right thing be? Not to have other gods before you and not to celebrate Easter, but to oh, eat the relevant. Passover. Huh? That's, that's not relevant in these days and times. I mean, because just speaking from, you know, from my own experience, you know, coming of age and starting to read the Bible for myself and learning these things, yeah, we, I mean, it was, honestly, it was something like, okay, so what? It's pagan. Who gives a damn? You know, this is what we're doing now. You know, it's, in, it's for the kids or, you know, this is how Jesus wants us to celebrate it now. And, you know, or this is what we do and we follow. Yes, we know that it, it has pagan origins, but we've cleaned it up. And, you know, if this is for the, the celebration of Jesus' resurrection and the, the gift of life that he's given us. And that's how they paint this doggone thing and we suck it up rather than, you know, truly looking at it for what it is. So. I, I was one person who actually believed that, you know, at one point. Well, it was like, okay, yeah, we know it's pagan, but it's has it's got Jesus' name on there now, so it's, it's cleaned up. 
You know what we should do? <laughs> you know what we should do next year, uh, Abaja, is we should write to different churches in our local area and send them a flyer on Easter and see who's going to respond and come on the show. That's what we should do for next uh for Easter and explain Easter after they've seen and heard everything. Cuz some people just don't some people just don't know. Some people some do people know and they they stay, you know, they're willing they're they're rebellious cuz once you know the truth and you say, "Well, it's pagan, but I'm going to do this and try to justify it." Now, yeah. now you you you're sinning willfully, and you're gonna get the judgment of the Most High. But people, you know go ahead. No, I not to interrupt you, but the, the part of that is that having to change from something that you've known and been taught all of your life that causes you to question for a lot of people, you know, and even for us, it causes you to question everything that you've ever believed in and taught. And for most people, they can't handle that, which is why they're more willing to hold on to a lie than to search out the truth for themselves. And, I mean, just for a matter, just read the scriptures for what it says. It's like, okay, you know what? This is what the Bible says. I'm not going to follow this other stuff, which I was taught to be true, even though what I'm reading in the scriptures is is clearly contrary to that. Mm -hmm. But claim to believe in the Bible and be Christians and followers of Christ. Right. I mean... When I first learned about these things, it wasn't that it wasn't that difficult to believe. It was the application and then dealing with family and friends. Oh, you're not gonna do this, do that, and then explaining. But to say, um, man, I'm gonna hold on to us. No, it's <laughs> like this is what the Bible yeah. say. Oh well, <laughs> you, you gone. <laughs> Christmas gone. Mm-hmm. Easter gone. You know, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna keep the Passover. Christ is up. My Passover. He was sacrificed. That's a man. That's that's what's right. You know, it was a breath of fresh air. Not oh man, but most people see it like that because they don't want to. It's something that they something that they're lusting after that they want to hold on to. Whether it's you may lose family or friends. Family or friends may ostracize you. But do you really love Christ and love the right thing? Because Christ is about teaching the right thing. Now we're going to take a short break. And we're going to be right back. So stay tuned. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. Hippity hopping, Easter's on its way. The Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BLCC. Listen to our archive broadcast or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe, Take the challenge to see, are you smarter than your pastor, on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. 
Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays, where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake on Thursdays at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out The Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom. Talking about Easter and a true Easter, which is Passover, because the Easter that they're talking about is pagan. The Easter that you're keeping on Sunday is going into pagan worship. It's not going into the worship of Jesus Christ. Now I got some crazy Easter music playing. I'm gonna turn that off. Don't hear that. <laughs> I mean, they've got some crazy different Easter songs, and I mean. It doesn't have anything to do with Christ. Christ died and he rose again. But what does that have to do with an egg? Absolutely nothing at all. What does that have to do with a darn egg? And I got a clip going into the whole egg origin and where it comes from. It comes out of the Babylonian mystery religions. Um but when you're dealing with the scriptures, it's just, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's in Exodus 20, Isaiah 8 and 20, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So many churches are filled with darkness when they're dealing with these Easter celebrations. If they're dealing with Easter celebrations, then what other deviltry or Satanism is in the churches? And before I play this clip, I was watching um, this documentary, and it was dealing with demonology. And mm-hmm. it, was like, um, it was like showing the different um, books of demonology and like how these people who was dealing with demons and spirit, they drew these different um, images of the demons that they saw, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so this man was explaining, like, many people are going to these old churches in Europe in Eastern Europe, Western Europe, so forth and so on. And the murals and the paintings is of these same demons that they have in these books of demonology. Wow. So the the bishops, the monks, the, the friars, whoever you want to call it, this is what they were dealing with. And he was going and even explaining how the rope that they tied around them was the different... Um, you know, the string that they would draw in a different ceremony when they would conjure up these different demons, 
they would make the different pinnacle and different circles for protection that these mm-hmm. demons sometimes would linger around and they would um, tie the rope around them for extra protection. So a lot of these things that's going on in the churches is highly satanic. Pagan is just a nice, nice up word that people, oh, it's pagan. When you say Satan, oh, well, Satan. What do you mean Satan? Hold on. Yeah, exactly. When you say pagan, it's like, oh, it's not that bad. It's, you know, it's about earth and animals and herbs, you know. You know, who doesn't like the herb? You know, that's what, that's what people are thinking. Like, I'm about to give me some herb right now. You know, that's what people are thinking. Pagan is nothing harmful in it, but it's very harmful. You know, let's listen to this clip. Easter egg, origin of Easter egg. Let's hear it. Legend has it that when Semiramis died, she was too beautiful to go to heaven and was returned to earth in an enormous egg, which crashed and opened on the river Euphrates, revealing the naked fertility goddess whose first act was to change a bird into an egg laying rabbit. The rabbit and the egg were then adopted by the pagan religions as a symbol of fertility. Here is Ishtar's egg with the symbol of the crescent moon upon it. The story of the red egg is even more disturbing as it stems from a pagan tradition of sacrificing a baby in the time of Easter, dipping an egg in the blood and presenting it to the respective fertility goddess. The baby was three months old and had been conceived 12 months earlier the previous Easter as a priest had had sex with a virgin. Uh, this was an ancient fertility ritual. So, wow. So there goes a theory about the red egg. So the Christians took that and completely flipped it. You heard the mythology that the woman said about the red egg that um, said if Christ was uh, rose on the third day, then um, he would eat a red egg or something like that, and then Mary Magdalene brought him a red egg. So oh. the, yes, the, the red egg was dipped in the blood of babies that were sacrificed. So it's all going into Satanism. They say paganism, but who's behind the paganism is Satan. So this is all Babylonian uh, religions that all nations have copied for themselves. Now, I want us to go to Psalms. Psalms 96 and 5 and read that. Because all these, all the different nations, they have some um, form or variation of a fertility goddess that's worshipped in the spring. Uh-huh. Semiramis was the first one. Then it moved to Ishtar. Then it went to Ashtaroth. Then it went to Easter. Then with the um, Diana, uh-huh. Aphrodite. That's the Greek or, or, or Roman now. You have Easter, which is the Saxons or, you know, the Vikings or whoever. That's what now. Don't forget the Queen of Heaven. Huh? Yeah. Don't forget the Queen of Heaven because I've been holding that scripture. (laughs) Let's let's read this one and then we'll read that one. Read Psalms 96 and 5. Psalms 96 and 5. For all of the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heaven. Yeah, it says, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. So all these different gods that people have, they're all going into idolatry. 
So whether you call it Easter, whether you call it Ashtaroth, whether you call it Ishtar, these are all the gods of the other nations. And they all it's all going they're all very similar and the same because they're coming from the same source, from the Babylonian mystery religions. But what do we have to know? We have to know the scriptures and what the scripture says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Who are we supposed to worship? We're supposed to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob only. That's it. And we give thanks and praise to the Most High through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's it. So why do these people got all these different variations of gods and different rituals and ceremonies that's not in the Scriptures? Because it is paganistic, which is a code word for Satanism. You can't nice it up. You can't nice up disobedience to the Heavenly Father. So what was supposed to be done with these other gods? We were supposed to make nice with them. We were supposed to go along, well, that's just the oh, no. Those gods and nations are the worship. That's what the gods they worship. Don't mind. Them. It's okay. It's all right. What were we supposed to do when we saw these things? Get Deuteronomy 12 and 2. Ooh, you want to What What was supposed to happen? It was just going to be okay, all right? What was supposed to happen? Okay. You want 12 and, uh, where you want to start at? 12 and 2. Okay. Here we go. Deuteronomy 12 and 2. Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods, upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree. So what is this describing? This is describing when the Israelites were coming to the land of Canaan, which is Israel, that they would find all the places where the nations served their gods. And what were they supposed to do? Destroy them. So the Lord is not fond of us worshiping other gods. And you keep an Easter, this has nothing to do with Christ. Let me reiterate and state that again. It has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. You have to really question what does a bunny rabbit have to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, biblically and scripturally? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. It is a pagan tradition and custom that they put into the church so they can get the pagans into the church. Instead of telling the pagans, look, you better repent or perish, like it says in Luke 13, repent or perish. They say, okay. Well, we just let we just let them do what they want to do. How is that repentance? Mm. Reverse that's like three. saying, that's like saying, okay, this dude is a pedophile or he's a freaking whoremonger. Oh, I'm sorry, they already do that in a lot of churches anyway. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, you know, unrepentant, not coming to seek repentance, but to remain in the works of the flesh, not to repent from them. Hmm. And then and then and then when a holler says you can't judge. You can't judge. Listen, the Bible says what it says, how is that judging? If I'm telling you what the rules state and what the rules say and how we're supposed to follow the rules, how am I condemning you or judging you? You're not. That's not judging. Mm mm. I'm stating the facts. But that's that's what people don't want to hear. The law of the Lord. Remember? Mm-hmm. Tell us smooth things, prophesy deceits. 
Everything going to be all okay. You can worship what you want to worship. God is still going to love you. You can be gay, homosexual, lesbian, try, buy, try before you buy, all these kind of things. God's still going to love you. God still love you. You know, be, you could be pedophile, sleep with boys, girls, whoever, and God's still going to love you. Even all that, just say, I, I believe in Jesus, and I'll, I'll keep on being a hormone. God's still going to That's not true. My good is going to outweigh my bad. That's not that's not true. Get Psalms fifty and five on that point, and then I want to read. Um, I want you to matter of fact, read verse three. Deuteronomy okay, you me the Psalms fifty and five. All right, Deuteronomy twelve and three, and you shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire, and you shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. He said, even to destroy the names. Out of that place. So it wasn't supposed to be mentioned anymore. So get the names out of here. The groves, the images of their God, and destroy the names. But as we see, through cunning, deceit, and wickedness of Satan, people being deceived and tricked, and being deceived by their own, li on their own lust, these names have endured over time. That's why you have Easter, and you're associated with Christ. Well, you can look at any dictionary and see that Easter is a Christian festival whose origin originated from the worship of the fertility goddess. So it doesn't have anything to do with Christ. They adopted it, and they took the practices, and they put Christ's name on it. But Christ doesn't have anything to do with it. So people really have to question their churches, their ministers, their pastors, like, are oh, you going according to the scriptures or you going according to tradition. Now, get um, Psalms 50 and 5, because you can't do whatever you want to do. Because people have this saying, God hates the sin, he don't hate the sinner. So if you keep committing sin, why does it say in Psalms, why does it say in the Psalms, that um, I mean, in Romans, the wages of sin is death. So if you keep committing sins, you're going to die, you're going to pay for that. Why would it say that then? So read that, Psalms 50 and 5. Does God just hate uh, the sin and not the sinner? Psalms 50 and 5. You should have the right one. It says, uh, Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Sorry, it's a different one. Hold on, give me a second here. It's a different one. I kind of, I, I'm kind of in the. Well, I'll find it. Okay. All workers of iniquity. All workers of iniquity. Yeah. Give me a second here. Yeah. I'm gonna get it 